Well, hey there, everyone. I'm Daniel Hahn, and I'm the online campus pastor here at Oxford Assembly of God Church, and this is our podcast. And I just want to thank you for listening today. We hope the message you're about to hear inspires you, builds your faith, and helps you see that God has a purpose for your life. And now, let's get into the message. Now, if you've been in church very long, you're probably familiar with Hebrews 11, verse 1 and 2. You will probably recall the definition of faith in the King James Version. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. English Standard Version, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, by the people of old, received their commendation. And I really like the New Living Testament. It says, what is faith? That's a good question. What is faith? It is the confident assurance that what we hope for is going to happen. It's the evidence of things that we cannot yet see. God gave his approval to people in days of old because of their faith. Faith. Faith is more than an emotion. Faith is more than a feeling. Faith is a holy conviction that can only come from God. God's the one that gives us our faith. Faith to believe. I was shocked when I looked up the word faith in the Old Testament. How many times do you think the word faith is used in the Old Testament? Anybody want to guess? I would have really thought probably dozens of times. Bill, you know how it's used 14 times. 14 times in the entire Old Testament, and 10 of those relate to relationships between men, husband and wife, relationship between people. So four times it's used when it talks about faith in God. Now, that's not to say that the Old Testament is not full of faith. That gets us there. But the word faith, one of the times it's used in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2 through 4. And the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It's kind of interesting that he uses that phrase appointed time. It hastens to the end, it will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. Any of you have to wait on things from God? If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come, it will not delay. Behold, his soul is puffed up. It is not upright within him, but the righteous shall live by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. When preparing for a funeral several weeks ago, I was impressed with this thought. When faith becomes reality. 
when faith becomes reality. Now, I realize that faith in God is reality. I said, faith in God is reality, but it simply has not yet been fulfilled. It's something that we're waiting on, but faith is trusting God so much that regardless of what it looks like, we still believe God's word is true. That's the essence of what faith is. But when I was thinking of that, that faith, that when faith becomes reality, when it's no longer waiting for the reality, when the reality is all around us, all of us that have faith of going to heaven, all of the thoughts of being reunited with loved ones that have gone on before. How many knows that that's a faith that we're trusting in, but it hasn't happened yet? So reality hasn't happened. Now, I have a rough time trying to figure out how to say this because I, I, I was, my thought was this. I think when I'm in heaven before long, but you know, that sounds kind of dumb when you say before long when heaven's eternity. But I really think that when I get to heaven and, and things settle down for me, now I might have a family reunion for a while. I may praise Jesus for a while. But Bill, I, I think one of the things that I'd love to do is to go running and not hurt. When, when faith becomes a reality, when these old bodies have been made new. When faith becomes reality. Amen. We have just a few examples in the Bible of things that happened when faith became reality. I was thinking about the crippled man in the book of Acts. When he was healed, what did he do? He went running and leaping and praising God. His faith, even though his was minimal... Most of that faith was from Peter that said, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And he ran running and leaping and praising God. Now remember the story of the blind man that Jesus healed. They asked him, well, how did it happen? He said, I don't have a clue. All I know is I once was blind. But now... I see. Yeah. See, his faith had become reality. Can you imagine Fanny Crosby? And for those of you who do not know who Fanny Crosby was, she wrote so many of our gospel hymns, our old hymns. And the matter of fact, she wrote under several names because the publisher of the songbooks got tired of, and people wanted more than songs from one person. She wrote under several names, but she was totally blind. Can you imagine her excitement when she opened up her eyes and faith became reality and she was in heaven? And she could see? Ooh, I'm sure it was that. Or I thought of Joni, and I, and I looked this up, and, and, and I've always called her Johnny, Joni Tata uh, Erickson, but her name was really Johnny. Her, her dad's name was Johnny, and he didn't want her, uh, didn't spell it that way, but her name was really, so I've been pronouncing it wrong all these years. Can you imagine that? I've been wrong? That's amazing. 
But I, I can think about, what about her when faith becomes a reality to her? You know, she broke her neck and became a quadrilopeed, whatever that word is, whenever she dove in and hit her neck. I can imagine one of the first things she wants to do because she was a diver. She'd love to dive into the river of life and just stay there because faith had become reality. Now, thank God for his miracles. Aren't you glad that we don't always have to wait till we get to heaven? I want to make it clear that I believe that God is a God of miracles today. But even if he heals you today, guess what? You are going to die. And then when you die, guess what? Then faith will become reality. We need to remind ourselves that this world is not our home. We're just passing through. Now, we think that 100 years is a pretty long time. Somebody reaches 100 years, that's, that's long. But when you think of rea the reality of eternity... 100 years is nothing. It's nothing. I ran across an old article, and if I thought about it in the middle of the night last night, that if I'd, I'd grab it back out, because I saw it just this week as I was uh, going through some of my stuff, and it was an article that said that eventually man can live as long as they want to because of the improvements in medicine and all these things. I'm going to tell you, I don't care how long you can live, one of these days you're going to die. Because it's pointed for man what wants to die. But the reality, when faith becomes reality, what is faith? Now, we already said it's an essence of things hoped for. But we need to go back and read a little bit more. So let's go back to the book of Hebrews. Let's go back to the book of Hebrews and don't start at the 11th chapter. Start at verse, chapter 10, verse 36, where it says, for you have need of endurance. How many have need of endurance? Any of you have need of endurance? So that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. What is still promised. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God's eternal life. That's something that we've promised. He says, for yet a little while, and the coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul is no pleasure in him. But we're not of those who shrink back and are destroyed but those who have faith and preserve their souls. Keep reading, same thought. Now faith is the substance or the assurance of things hoped for. The conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old receive their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. So that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. By faith Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. Through which he was commended as righteous. God commended him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith though he died he still speaks. Why? Because faith had become reality. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he would not see death. We're going to talk about Enoch in a minute. He said he was taken up so he would not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. Then it tells us how he pleased him. And without faith, 
it's impossible to please God. I said, without faith, it's impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe. Believe what? That he exists. And that he rewards those who seek him. They must believe that God is. Not that he was. Not that he will be. But that God is. Was he? Yes. He said, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. But we must believe that is our faith and he is rewarder of those that diligently seek him. I record our Sunday night services that go on online on Thursdays normally. And I was sharing in their study of Isaiah and it just ministered to me and so if you watch that, you're going to see it in there. But I want to just share this with you. Did you notice he mentioned Enoch in the book of Hebrews? That he was the one that pleased God. Let's go back over to Genesis chapter 5. Genesis chapter 5, just read a few verses. Begin reading at verse 21. When Enoch had lived 65 years... He fathered Methuselah. Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. God took him. He lived 365 years. Did you catch that? When Methuselah had lived 170, 87 years, he began to talk about the lineage. But we'll quit reading there. But uh, Enoch walked with God and God took him. Don't you think this may have been an Old Testament picture of what's going to happen one of these days? When the rapture of the church takes place. God took him. Now, now th this, is, this is one. I, I love arithmetic. Now, I know the correct term is math, but some of this math I don't understand, so I don't love math. <laughs> I love numbers. I did this quickly so I could be wrong a few years. I'm not giving you dates, but Noah lived long enough to see uh, Noah's great, great, great-grandfather lived long enough to see Noah. His great-great-grandfather saw him. His great-grandfather was Enoch. His grandfather was, was, was Methuselah. So all of those lived long enough to see this guy that we know as Noah. Now, now here's the point. Methuselah lived longer than anyone in history. He lived... And you can trace this through the Bible, the genealogy, and you can do it mathematically. The year that Methuselah died, the flood came. The year that he died. And that's one of my favorite sermons. Some of you know that because it shows the long suffering and patience of God. I'm going to tell you, 
Now, I'm not going to tell you that. Somebody might get mad. <laughs> Aren't you glad God is, has more patience than certain other people? You can put any name in there that you want. I thank God that he's more patient. He's so patient, Gator. He let Methuselah live 969 years, giving people another chance to get into the ark, but nobody did. That's how patient he was. Methuselah lived 969 years. Enoch lived 365. Which one was the one that was greatly blessed? Was it the one that lived the longest? I don't think so. Enoch was taken out of that mess. One of these days... One of these days, faith is going to become a reality and we're going to be taken out of this mess. Hallelujah. Now, if it's in our lifetime, now I really believe it probably will be, but the older I get, the shorter the time is. A lot of people said, Pastor, it's good to see you. And I will tell you, when you get my age, it's good to be seen. I told them, uh, and somebody told me they's going to have to write it down. I don't even buy green, green bananas anymore. But one of these days, Gator, one of these days, here I come, ready or not. One of these days, it's going to happen. And when I thought about this, which one was greatly blessed? See, sometimes we look at people and they've got a lot of riches. We think, man, I'd love to be that person. We see people that's lived a long life. Say, I'd love to be that person. I even heard a story one time of a man that was buried in a Mercedes. And somebody standing at the funeral said, man, that's living. <laughs> the reality is God has blessed us. And the reality is one of these days our faith is going to become reality. Go with me to Ephesians. They don't have this one. You have to look it up. Uh, Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. I want to read just a couple of verses because I, I forgot to put this one in my notes and I had to uh, go back and revisit it. Hebrews chapter, uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 7. For of this gospel, this was Paul speaking. I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given to me by the working of his power. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan for the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things so that through the church, so through the church. Now, that word is ecclesia. You know what the word ecclesia means? It means called out ones. We are called out from the world, but also one of these days, faith is going to become reality, and we're going to be called out of the world. 
the church, the manifold wisdom of God might be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he realized in Christ Jesus our Lord in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I'm suffering for which is your glory. Paul said, listen, don't worry about me. You need to realize that one of these days, one of these days, our faith is going to become reality. And we'll find out that we can encourage one another, comfort one another with these words. Oh, how awesome is that? Yes, Methuselah lived 969 years. Enoch lived only 365, but God took him. I can tell you, he was the blessed one of the bunch. You say, why would you say that? How many thinks we live in a mess today? How many thinks this world is a mess? It's nothing compared to that day. There were only 10, excuse me, eight godly people in the world. Eight. And so Enoch, please God, he said, I'm going to take you out of there. And he lived 300 years after, Methuselah, after his son was born. He lived 365 years. But God took him. One of these days, our faith is going to become reality. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed. Now, it's not talking about your house. It's talking about this body. If this tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God. Amen. A house not made with hands, eternal in the heaven. For this tent we groan, longing to put on a heavenly dwelling. Any of you groan any? I know some of you young people, you don't understand this. But some of us older folks, one of our first thoughts in the morning is a good groan. Huh? Now, I know some of you are older than me now. I told him in the first, first service this morning that uh, I remember years ago, I was uh, playing in a softball tournament, and I'd played five or six games back to back, and, and I was young. I was healthy, but the ball went over my head, and my brain told my legs, go get it, and my legs said, go get it yourself. <laughs> because of the human element, we groan. We groan. But the amazing thing is one of these days, faith is going to become reality. And you can get up and you can touch your toes. I'll never forget going to visit Sister Lucy Wolfgang. She was 102 years old. Right before she died. And she said, Brother Strickland, I feel fine. I don't hurt. And there was a little piece of paper down on the floor. And at 102, 
she reached down and picked it up. She said, I can do that. Nah, I can't. I almost dropped a piece of paper down there just to do it. And then I realized Gator had to come help me pick it up. I can't do that. Even when I have to do my push-ups in the morning, I have to crawl to the bed to pull up. I can do the push-up, but I can't do pull-up. You know what I'm talking about? We groan. But one of these days, faith is going to become reality. And I'm going to have a new body. And it's going to be buff. <laughs> yeah, I know. Some, some of you working on your six-pack, I got a full keg. God's good. But one of these days, my faith becomes reality. Let's read on. If indeed by putting it on, we may be found naked, talking about our new body. For while we're still in this tent, we groan, being burdened, not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. Now, now that's really important. Spirit as a guarantee. Now, the King James Version said it's an earnest or a down payment. Now the reality is the Holy Spirit that's been placed in these bodies was just a down payment. How many thinks the Holy Spirit now is pretty good? Amen. That's just the down payment. That's just the guarantee of what is going to happen when our faith becomes reality. Amen. Wow. Isn't that good? The, the faith, that, that down payment that we have. Now, how many of you have sold a piece of property and said, hey, I'll just be satisfied with the down payment? No, you want it all. And God said, I'm just giving you this as an earnest payment, a down payment, or a guarantee that heaven's going to be worth it all. Oh, goodness gracious. So we're always good of good courage. We know that while we're at home in the body, we're away from the Lord. For we walk by faith. Not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we're at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Now, before we leave that, drop down to verse 14, where it says, For the love of Christ controls us. Because we've concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. Did you get that? I mean, what's he, what's he saying? One of these days, our faith will become reality. Go with me to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Verse 8. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and a, for a helmet, the hope of salvation. Now, there's another sermon in itself. 
First Corinthians chapter 13, we have faith, hope, and love. These three, the greatest. Now see, the reason our faith is so secure is that faith that we have for the future is based on the faith that has happened in the past. When Jesus rose from the dead. When Jesus rose from the dead, death was defeated. And because we can have that faith, we believe in what's happened in the, in the past, we can have hope for the future. And because we have hope for the future, we can live in love today. Yes. Thank you, Bill. I'm glad somebody liked it. <laughs> we have that. And it says, let me find my spot again. Who died for us so that whether we are awake or sleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another. And build one another up just as you're doing. Encourage one another. I really get disturbed. I have to be careful how I say this. No one likes to lose a loved one. And I know that many of you have lost loved ones recently. But for the Christian to be absent from this body yes. is to be present with the Lord. Amen. Our faith has become a reality. Let's back up one chapter to chapter 4 and verse 13. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep. That you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by word from the Lord, that we who are alive and who are left until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of a command, with the voice of a archangel and the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, we be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so will we always be with the Lord. So scare one another to death. That's not what it says. Encourage one another. Encourage one another with these words. Encourage one another that one of these days your faith will become a reality. Yes. One of these days we'll walk on streets of gold. One of these days we'll have a body that doesn't hurt. But meanwhile, back at the ranch, we have issues. We have promise, problems. But the same God that says we must believe that he is. He is what? His Jehovah Jireh, your provider. His Jehovah Rapha, your healer. And you can go through and name all the names for God and that's who he is. And one of these days, our faith is going to become a reality. But until then, God is still in control. God is still in control. Abraham, his 
faith was counted to him for righteousness. Now I realize that Abraham had a conversation with God. But I believe that you and I have it much, much better than most of the Old Testament believers. We have it better. Why? Because Jesus came. Jesus died and he rose again so that we may have life and have it more abundantly. And while Jesus came, he said, listen, guys, I love you so much that I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and he's going to come and he's going to be with you and will never leave you nor forsake you. We've got it made. Because we know that the paracletus, the comforter, the one that's called alongside to help. So here on the ranch, we're waiting for our faith to become reality. But that doesn't mean that we're waiting hopelessly. Because God says, I'll be with you. And I realize there's some people here in this service today that are hurting. I said, there's some of you hurting. Physically, emotionally, spiritually. Some of you may not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And if you don't, you need him more than anybody else does. Today's the day that your faith became a reality of you being born again. For as many as received him, to them gave you power become the sons of God. Oh, I'm looking forward to heaven. Yes, sir. I enjoy it here on this earth. Even with my aches and pains, I enjoy it here on this earth because God's with me. And he says, he'll walk with me. And he'll talk with me. And he'll tell me I'm his very own. And one of these days... My faith will become reality. Bow your heads with me. Holy Spirit, we need you to speak to us today. God, I thank you for your promises in the Word. I thank you for your promises of healing. I thank you for the promise of heaven. But I'm glad that we don't have to wait till we get to heaven to cast our cares upon you. I'm glad that here, even now, we're children of God. And God, if there's anyone here today that's never received you as their personal Savior, I pray that they would do that even today. If there are those here today that are discouraged, they're hurting, whether it be physically, emotionally, spiritually, kiss them with your presence. Kiss them with your presence and minister to them even right now. And God, because if we're not ready, we don't know when that trumpet's going to sound. We don't know. We might be like Enoch just walking down the road and all of a sudden it's time. So God, we just ask you to minister. We ask you to minister. Have your way. Our worship team's going to sing a song or two. And if you're here, 
and you need Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior, I'd like to encourage you to join us here at the altar. But if you're here and you need encouragement, now don't be ashamed of it. Don't be ashamed because we've all been there. I said, we've all been there. And you say, well, I haven't. You'll get there. We've all stand in the need of prayer, of a touch. And we want to pray with you today. We want to encourage you today to know that until that faith becomes a reality, that God is still on the throne. So as our worship team leads us, we want to ask you to stand with us as a church body. And if you need special prayer, make your way to the front and there'll be someone here to pray with you and pray for you. On behalf of our pastor and staff here at OAG, we want to say thank you. Thank you for being a part of our ministry. We are grateful for you and the support you give our church and its ministries so that we can continue to do what God has called us to do, to be the family church for the family of God. For more content from Pastor Strickland and Oxford Assembly of God, check out our media website at oag.church/media.